0: Hello and welcome to episode 159 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. We are back with the final part of our Fright Fest coverage.
1: Part Uh, three, the final chapter, Fright Fest lives.
0: Yeah, Fright Fest lives to die another day. Um, Yeah, it's kind of sad that it's all over. You know, this will be the last time we get to talk about this for a year. Um, Probably not.
1: We've got a lot more (laughs) Fright Fest movies that will be coming out, man.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like we'll we'll probably get to that at the end, kind of saying about this other stuff that's at the festival. But um, we still have three very exciting movies to talk about today. It's luckily the way it's just turned out with the schedule. Um, but yeah, hopefully at this point you've already listened to parts one and two, where we discussed the first seven movies that we've seen at the festival. Sounds um, right. And yeah, just as a, as a quick sort of intro, there will be no news uh, like we normally do or anything like that. Um, we'll just be discussing the films that we saw at Fright Fest 2019 um, and our overall experience at the festival. Um, and of course, there will be no spoilers because pretty much I, I don't think any of these have wide distribution for a while. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's dive into the first one is one yeah. that we were very, very excited for. And we were quite fortunate, really, to get tickets for. <coughs> um, very with the whole discovery fiasco where we pretty much got them just as they were selling out. Um, and it's for freaks, uh, Mm. which is a movie that was, I think it was at fright fest, Glasgow, the last one that they had. Yeah. Um, So would that, would that have been earlier on in 2019? Yeah. That's
1: like January, February time. Right.
0: So yeah, I think that was one of the, one of its bigger premieres and, obviously I had a huge uh, reception really really positive and so this was a, it was nice that they done this because they don't like to double dip yeah. and i totally get why because a lot of people do go to all of them um and so for me this makes perfect sense where they put it you know they put yeah, it on discovery
1: yeah like the people that want to check it out can go check it out just like we did
0: Exactly, and so yeah, we were immediately like, even just reading a small synopsis and be like, this sounds right up our alley. Um, so yeah, Freaks, uh directed by Zach Lip- Lipovsky, um, was he yeah, the man. director? Was there, wasn't he?
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, so we got to see a Q and A Q&A with him. Um, it's it says it's a Canadian uh, production, which I didn't actually realize. Um, and it's 104 minutes long. Mm. Um, so second g- longest i was getting around there because yeah scary stories and knives were both uh very long uh, mm. so it's around that one because i think yeah i think it was yeah. only the third one that was over 100 um
1: yeah yeah, like like English movies?
0: yeah we really do <laughs> also, i like my 75 minute movies um, <laughs> i also like my two hour and how long is this? once upon a time in hollywood two hours and
1: 45 minutes it's
0: mm-hmm. oh, glorious um but um, yeah this this was the english premiere of this one so obviously <laughs> kind of got they, shown... they have to
1: have something don't they
0: yeah i was gonna say they, they literally put anything there i wanted yeah. to just be like we're, we're just showing the film right. like
1: xbox at e3 aren't they
0: yeah yeah everything's um... a world premiere <laughs> um but yeah what well, this is going to be a very difficult one i feel like for you to synopsis oh, I've, so I've had, good I've had luck
1: challenges here man <laughs> like i'm um, i was worried about this one and the next one mm. um Oh, don't so, you worry
0: about the next one. I'll take the lead on that.
1: You can synopsize that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, freaks. Um, it's it's a it's weird because the um, the poster and all of the artwork really leads into the sci-fi. Mm. Um, kind of the, the the big review is kind of like a f- thrilling sci-fi movie or something. Um, and like it, it I, I thought it was a very sci-fi. And don't get me wrong, it is sci-fi. But the movie yeah. starts very much like a grounded horror movie and it mm. peels away and becomes more of a sci-fi movie as we get into it. Um and I wasn't expecting that going in and I feel like, you know, the the advertising is a little bit odd that it does go that way. Um but <clears throat> the open of the movie we basically introduced to a dad and his daughter. Um how old is Chloe? About I think she's seven, seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. And um they're basically barricaded into their house and they're living in hiding Um, and it's very unclear as to what they're hiding from and what the issue with the outside world is Um, and I was instantly kind of thinking oh is it some sort of you know terrorist attack is it some sort of uh, you know right at your door type thing where there's been some sort of attack outside and it's the air is contaminated and then kind of Pretty early on, we 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 find out that the outside world does still exist for a start because I I really didn't know that, and that's what the beauty of this mm. movie is. You just start with these two people in the room, and basically the the whole um, plot of the movie is unpeeling what the hell is going on in the outside world, and why is the father being so protective of his daughter and not letting her out in the outside world, and what the mm. dangers are, um, and. I'm being very obtuse for a reason because I think anything that I say that's a little bit more than that can lead into spoilers. And as with always with these fight fest ones, I want to be very careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely not going to get into any of the actual reveals, but I would say just to give it a little bit more of a background in case people are wondering, like, what is it actually about? Um, Yeah, we're definitely set in this house and you're kind of like, what's going on? But very early on, we see that the outside world, at least from being inside the house, looks Mm -hmm. perfectly normal yeah fair enough Um, it's a hot sunny day there there are people walking around talking um
1: um, and it just looks like a normal street yeah in particular she 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 lives on the end of like a cul-de-sac and there's like an ice cream van and like she just longs to go to the ice cream van and be with like the other children yeah um and she doesn't know why her dad won't let her Um, yes so that's like
0: a really important aspect and then the other thing is yeah go on the, the dad kind of uh keeps saying to chloe it's almost like he's teaching her where it's like you need to you need to fit in and then and the reason why i can't unfortunately let you out of this house is because there are bad people out there and all they want to do is murder you mm. and so he just keeps drilling this and drilling this and like this is very early on in the movie um and so immediately there's like s- this is such huge potential set for a movie because obviously mm. you can go so many different ways with this um but i loved that just as the initial yeah. setup this um, this
1: movie is one of them that it reminds me a little bit of like like um, a quiet place, almost where mm. literally, um, you know, some of the movies we've reviewed for this this three part. The movie starts, and I'm like, okay, right, get going. You know, um, you know, to pick on one that I liked quite a bit, you know, come to Daddy. Even, you know, it takes a little while to get its legs, and kind mm. of when it first starts, I was like, okay, maybe I'm into this, maybe I'm not. This was like, bang, yeah. opening scene. The house is the house is boarded up the daughter is questioning her father's actions and I'm just like I am in it I am in for the ride and I'm 100% in and it's a real special thing for a movie to do that you know I mean, there are movies that I absolutely love that do not get me as in the seat kind of you know seatbelt on that quickly um and yeah. this movie absolutely does that from the first second
0: it's crazy um, because this this movie is 104 minutes long, and there isn't a single wasted minute. And I think that in terms of story, in terms of plot and character, and all of that stuff, and intrigue and tension, this movie has more in the first 20 minutes than like pretty much all of the other movies we covered at breakfast. Yeah. In terms of those things, you know, in terms of like we know what we're gonna sell to you for the rest of the movie, and we're so confident on just showing you because mm. what we've described, and we we definitely won't get into the other stuff, but this is a very limited part of the story. Once it really unravels yeah. and. any... Any questions that you might have from that initial premise because a lot of these movies, they love throwing questions at you. Yeah. There's tension for an hour and then you get almost no answers. And especially
1: this- for an indie movie, because you know, can it actually give those answers? But but this film one hundred percent does
0: yeah this movie is it just ends up answering those questions like every few minutes and then it's like okay well now yeah. what and then it's like well here's the next thing well mm. this is here's the answer to that and to keep the intrigue going throughout is yeah. unbelievable I and think. it's a
1: great point because this movie um it does a rare job of literally answering every question mm. um and not in a way that that is unsatisfying I just left the movie like hell yeah they just told me a fantastic well-rounded story <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. like it was it was awesome I think um you know, this movie obviously does scale out and have more characters, but um, the, the dad and Chloe are obviously the core of this movie. And they are both fantastic. And from the word go, you get a sense of relationship with them. And I think that's probably where I'm where I came from with kind of Quiet Place is that it just, you felt that bond and you felt that kind of family link and you felt that dialogue that felt genuine between father and daughter. Mm. You had him being protective father, but still very loving and very caring. And you had her, you know, again, you know, respectful and loving of her dad, but challenging him at every step, just like young children do. And I thought that was a really fantastic, um, you know, genuine thing that was written so strongly. Um and probably for me, the the reason why I like this movie as much as I do is that bond um, between father and daughter. It was so genuine, and it um, even when the movie becomes much more of a sci-fi movie um, and, and scales out a lot, that bond is still at the forefront of the story, and. Um, it's, you know, it's all about a father unwilling to let his, you know, daughter get tainted by the outside world and just wants to keep her safe and keep her to himself and be selfish and and have, you know, have her um, and, you know, not let the outside world take her away. And like, as a parent, I can 100% relate to that. And it's super interesting to have that as the main kind of his main driving force and then have an over in horror slash sci-fi movie around it it was it was fantastic you know we we've talked quite a bit about relationships and that sort of thing over these shows and kind of how they're not always well-rounded and and this one was just it blew me away it really did.
0: Yeah, we see so many movies that try and emulate and do stuff like that. And, and it just goes to show you how hard it is, especially when you're talking about a a real, you know, parent to a child relationship. Yeah. and And especially, again, talking about this is fairly independent. This certainly isn't on the scale of some of the other movies we saw over the weekend. Yeah. Um, And I'd be really curious to know, actually, because one of the things that stands out for it is the cast. Like, this does have uh, two people in it that were very notable to me um, that are both, you know, in a Quentin Tarantino movie this year. And so they are big name actors who are in big films. They're not Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, Um, but they were in that movie. And so like, I'm like, how do you even... First of all, how do you even get a cast like this? Second of all, they they perfectly fit the two roles that they're playing in this movie. Then adding on to that, the fact that you have this little girl who's pretty much in... 85 90 percent of the scenes in this yeah. whole movie and she's like a steam steal like she will be a star this is one of those ones where you'll have to look up a name because this name will be a big name one day
1: Yeah, it's, it's lexi colker
0: yeah like um, there's no way on earth that she, this girl is not going to be a star
1: yeah she is phenomenal and she is the reason why this movie works so well and they they spoke about that because we got and A Q&A with the director after this movie and he spoke about the casting process didn't he and kind of mm how they literally interviewed hundreds of children and they didn't have the part written as either, it could be a boy or a girl because they really just wanted the right child. Um, and they basically just like sat down and played toys with the children and had conversations about their real life and tried to get them out of this rigid seven year old acting and just kind of get them to be more natural. And Lexi was the one that shone through and she really did on screen because yeah, she, she, like you say, she's an 80% of this movie at least. And, um, if she doesn't work, this movie doesn't work.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think she absolutely <clears throat> knocks it out of the park. I think in terms of the actual film and story, only talking about the star, I, I just loved the setup because straight away it reminded me of films like Ten Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. where uh, the, the, the reason why that movie obviously works so strong is that idea of an unreliable narrator and kind of like, oh, okay, I'm just believing all of the words of one person, you know, in my life, this person is God at this point, mm. And whatever they say has to be true or false. And it's up to me mm. to decide that. And so immediately, you have this father who is saying one thing. But what we're seeing is not adding up. The fact that he's saying, oh, there's these bad people that want to hurt you and kill you. But we can see outside it's, yeah, sunny, see it's an kids ice cream band, Like, yeah. and kids run into it and get an ice
1: cream.
0: That like, dynamic it's... was just immediately, I was like, I was in because I was like, yeah. okay, what is going on here? Like, what is his actual reasoning for this? Is he just crazy? Is he just really overprotective? Or is there something else going on? Mm-hmm. You know, you already start questioning all these things like, is this actually his daughter? And, and all these just like basic things yeah. as you're watching it. Um, and so that level of like intrigue and mystery was more than anything i saw over the festival and so then once we even move on to that which we're not even going to touch but i mean man this movie like i wonder if um it will work for as many people as it did for us because we what we've talked about what you actually end up getting is a completely different movie yeah Um, it's
1: it's funny because like what we've talked about barely scrapes the surface but it's just the second we talk about other things um you know it doesn't even explain why the movie's called freaks what we've spoken about yeah Um, you know but I really don't want to get into it, but um, yeah, this movie really blew me away, to be honest Mm. with you.
0: Yeah, I I think it's really one of the best ones we've seen this year, and it's not Mm. just at Fright first, but I think in terms of the acting, in terms of the story, and I think for me as well, going off what you said, where, the reason why A Quiet Place was easily our number one movie of last year is I just I really get drawn to the emotion of characters and I think that obviously we can see a lot of movies like Haunt which are fantastic that nail like the horror aspect of it Um, and we see great gory movies like Child's Play and stuff like that but I think the reason why I love horror is really getting into the depth of these characters and feeling any sort of emotion and so like I mean A Quiet Place made me feel more emotion watching a horror movie than I've ever felt before Um, and this certainly isn't the same as that but it was very much like I was so invested in this 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 double act of this father and daughter this, and i really want to know what was going um, on
1: this horror movie made me feel emotions that i've never felt watching a horror movie not not as strong as quiet place different emotions though yeah you know, this this made me as a parent feel that that tie and that that battle where that the dad was having where he just wants his little girl to himself and he wants her to be safe and but he realizes that he can't just keep her locked away and he has to do something about it. And like that struggle obviously amped up to a million with the pressures of what's actually going on in this movie. But that story alone is just a real life problem that parents have to deal with. And it really, it really did blow me away. Like, um, during the Q&A afterwards, uh, no one really kind of asked about that and that relationship, but that, to me, was what this film was. And then the fact that everything else was incredible was just a bonus.
0: Mm. Yeah, it was just like I was blown away. I thought that it was <clears throat> we hoped that this would be good and it was one that we were looking forward to and we were super glad mm. we got tickets for. But I didn't really know what to expect. I was, you know, like a fun sci-fi mm. movie or a, you I know, was a... nervous
1: because it's labeled as a sci-fi movie and I was thinking mm. I'm we're not sci-fi guys, you know, not massively, mm. you know, and so just because this is a sci-fi movie that people have buzzed about doesn't mean we're going to like it. And so it was, yeah. you know, it was one that was still a bit of a gamble because I didn't know much more about it other than it was a sci-fi movie that people dug at the last Fright Fest.
0: Yeah, for sure. I could never imagined it would have been one of these on that level of a one cut of the dead where I'm like, I I don't want people to know hardly anything about Mm -hmm. it. So the initial setup, Like hopefully this will get some sort of wide release. Um, and when it does go out and watch this film immediately without hesitation.
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, Whatever platform it comes out on, just, just get it. Uh, you know, it, 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 for, for a smaller scale movie, obviously, this does go into, um, you know, much wider space than what we've spoken about. And we do get some, you know, visual effects and some spectacle. And when that does happen, the movie does not look, you know, it does not show itself up on the big screen. And kind of mm. when the director spoke and he said that he did something, what was it, like 70% of the visual effects on his own laptop? Mad. And this movie has some decent visual effects in it. They're, they're simple, but bloody effective and done well. Which mm. is, you know, th- this guy um, said that he kind of grew up on movie sets. His mum was in movies and he, he's just been making movies for his whole life. And you can tell that he just gets it and he can make good shit because he's just been making stuff for so long. Mm. Like, I don't know how old he is, but he was quite a young guy. Yeah. Um, but he just... Yeah, he just he just knows like how to make you know good stuff with what he's got. Yeah, for you know, sure. I'd love like to this. see this guy with a little bit more of a budget.
0: Yeah, it'd be crazy to see. And I I don't know if you can look it up or not. Whether this was a a sort of writing and directing joint. Um, uh, it was, because, yeah, yeah. Which again is just ridiculously impressive because we talk about it, like directing wise, it's is absolutely stunning. Because
1: he he, it's co-directed and written, isn't it? It's similar to Horn. Oh okay. Um right. where he has like a he's got a friend. Oh yeah, um, I didn't notice that. For, I should say his name, time.
0: Yeah, Adam Stein as well. Yeah. Apologies, yeah. yeah. I forgot to say his name at the start. Yeah,
1: obviously because Zach was there, so right. um, you know, he was the one that we kinda Was it I think I don't know who was there actually. I have
0: no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't actually I didn't even see that there was two names listed. But yeah, it's Zach and Adam, yeah, much like Haunt. Um but yeah, I I love this movie. I I want it on Blu-ray, I want to watch it again. I I wanna see behind the the scenes, hopefully. Um, you know, stuff about like seeing those special effects being added that we can't even talk about, seeing the kind of behind the scenes stuff. And this is definitely a movie that ticks all boxes for me and we'll be
1: talking this about it year th- end. This, this is one for me that that was like life changer. I'm just like, I just want the nice Blu ray to sit on my shelf. Please let yeah. it happen because life changer hasn't happened for me yet.
0: Yeah. Um, it's such a But shame. yeah, th-
1: this is definitely going to be in the conversation at year end. It's fantastic. Go yeah, watch
0: it t- it takes so many books because I really think it's one of my favorite written movies we've seen for a long time. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I, you could read this in any format as a, as a novel, as yep. an audiobook, as anything, and it would still be as entertaining. But then the fact that as a movie, you get these incredible acting performances as well, it just ties the whole thing together perfectly. Definitely. So, yeah, obviously, our recommendations are see this movie ASAP as soon yeah, as you can. See it uh, now. But- we'll definitely let you know as well cuz i think it was this one like horn where he said that they're planning a theatrical
1: in the US yeah i think it was theatrical um us kind of later in the year unknown for uk mm. as always
0: yes yeah, so yeah hopefully you guys get to see this on the biggest screen possible mm. um but yeah we will take a short break and we will be right back So, yeah changing gears quite quickly to this next film um yep. was our last one of the friday in fact it um, was starting at what was this at least 11, 11 o'clock job. yeah 11 it? half
1: 11 something like that wasn't it
0: uh back on the main screen for bullets <laughs> of justice
1: yeah um I've, you know we've just seen freaks in the little discovery screen and it looked <laughs> epic and then we're off to see bullets of justice
0: so this movie for people that don't know um it is a it was a world premiere so that's fantastic um a lean 76 minutes long which
1: Um, is also fantastic especially when a movie starts at 11 o'clock at night
0: (laughs) coming from kazakhstan slash bulgaria um is the is the origin of this one uh directed by valerie miliev um and yeah i mean do you want me to give you i
1: I want you to synopsize this one oh this movie was just ridiculous
0: so this is what fright fest is all about for me um this, this... is what
1: fright fest at eleven thirty is all about
0: oh absolutely like they couldn't they, they could not have been a better time to show this um, if i'm
1: watching this like at 10 o'clock in the morning i'm angry if i'm watching <laughs> this with two beers in my hand at eleven thirty at night i'm pretty buzzing
0: oh it was glorious so yeah this movie in terms of plot wise um it's yeah, give it to i me. guess i
1: want a detailed plot
0: I think it's set in like a near future um, where there's there's basically World War Three is happening. Yep. Um, and at some point in the past, the government created this kind of program where they were for some unknown reason. I think it was to create super soldiers, because that's why it always is. Yep. Um, they were basically breeding humans with pigs. Yep. Um, pigs are so good remember- soldiers. Yes, as they are notoriously known for. Um, it's basically the way, visually, it's basically a pig head on a man, is what it looks like. Correct. Um, because they still, you know, carry guns, they still run on two legs and all that stuff. Um, think think and,
1: Skynet if the Terminator had pig head.
0: Exactly. The only yeah. way to improve that series. Um, and so. We yeah. get to this story which this is where it's going to get blurry. There's a dude he's trying to take people down. Honestly, any more than that would be not doing the story justice because on, it's man. really not. It's really not relevant. Like he's just trying to take down a bad a bad guy, you know, the big boss at the end of the level. Um I can't remember what the what the word they keep using now. Um there's there's some sort of name like the you know, the the higher level or something, but there's a place he's trying to get to um, yeah. and a person to take down. And and that's pretty much it. And and so you may think to yourself, Well, why is this so weird and wacky? Um this this is one of those movies that's hard to wrap your head around if you haven't even seen any clips for it, and then you'll go, Oh okay, it's one of those films. <coughs> yeah. You know, one of those it's, films. One it's of those a
1: segment from ABCs of death. The, yes. the, the, one of the weird ones. That's what it is. Um, Is any of these
0: times they've tried to recreate the grindhouse in modern day cinema um, to where it's just like has this Wayne weird uh, zany idea and we're going to have like all these crazy, you know, it's going to be all of the gore. It's going to be all of the sex. It's going to be all of the most offensive jokes and and situations that we can come up with possible. Um, That's what this movie's going for. And Um,
1: it's it's not got any plot or context half the time. You know, it, it won't make sense. And like characters will sometimes speak in a different language they'll sometimes yeah. speak in a funny voice they'll and and you know everything's just going on to distract you and get a rise <laughs> out of you basically yeah. you like know? the whole thing
0: is 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 spoken in english by non um native english speaking actors mm-hmm. so it immediately has that brilliant feel with these really thick accents um yeah. some of which they're clearly putting it on for show. i mean i only wish it was dubbed yeah it was just i mean some of it was dubbed yeah I just wanted all <laughs> I, of
1: it dubbed
0: as you said that you know there are certain bits like it's a type of movie where yeah if you're showing a flashback to your main character when he talks, he's just going to have his adult voice dubbed over because that's the type of movie it is yeah um, but yeah, just trying to be a balls to the wall silly action uh, mostly action orientated um or at least what it was described as. Um, and just a really stupid movie that that would, you know, in any other situation, if you saw this on the DVD cover in the bargain bin, you know, you wouldn't pick it up. Mm. Um, and it, and it's going to be those ones that some psycho would maybe throw onto a demand and service and you'd watch it late one night and you would feel like it was some sort of fever dream where you're just like, well, yeah. what on earth did I just watch?
1: Yeah, that, um, I mean, you, you need to be drunk or something else to watch this movie. Like, yeah. uh, And the people that made it definitely were. Yeah, um,
0: Critically, I can't even remotely begin to break this down as a piece of cinema. No, because I don't no, think the people that made it know what they were even trying to
1: achieve. No, uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> nor do I want to go into that too much, because clearly <laughs> the people that made this were just having a ball. They yeah, had, they were just, you know, doing it for the gags and were blown away by the fact that it's being shown at Fright Fest, which was awesome. Yeah, because we got like basically the whole cast and crew. <laughs> oh, yeah, is <laughs> it a world premiere. Yeah, you know, and they were all just absolutely buzzing to be there, which was Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, And, uh, you know, all they want to do is make a sequel, um, (laughs) which I will not watch, but I I appreciate them. Um, Hashtag
0: please make Bullets of Justice 2. I'm starting it right now.
1: (laughs) But, like, yeah, this this movie was fun, and it was where it needed to be in the programming, um, where I'm kind of falling asleep, and then I wake up and I see some, like, crazy gore violence pig-headed weird hybrid stuff going on and I'm just like yeah fright fest and then I just kind of like have a sip of my beer and like it's it's a weird time like I almost Mm. feel like they should bring in a bar to have at the front because my drinks did run out too fast and i didn't want to go get another one because i feel like god knows what crazy shit i would have missed (laughs) but imagine just strolling down to the bar in the corner of the room and just getting a drink you know and it it would have been that would have even been the most
0: distracting thing in that screening so
1: (laughs) no exactly exactly i mean do we want to go into that because that is proper funny
0: um what the screening issues (laughs) let's save it to the end of the show (laughs) okay any any sort of overall thoughts on the festival we can talk about that but
1: um but yeah like if we're talking about this movie in terms of like you know what you guys should be doing this is not a movie that people should be going to see um (laughs) but but did i have a good time watching it yeah i had a good time watching it like it made me roll my eyes laugh see some good gore think what the hell is wrong with me, the people that made it and everyone sat in this room. Like I had all of those emotions.
0: Yeah, I i pretty much agree. Like, is this a good movie? No. Did I enjoy the hell out of it? Hell yes. I had a mm. great time with it. It was exactly what I needed at this point in the day. Um, especially after such an emotional and powerful movie just before it. Um yeah. it, it really felt like I just needed, like, right, you know, I'm I'm either gonna sleep or I'm gonna watch something really dumb and, and I'm glad that we yeah. did it. Um This
1: this cleared my head ready for like the potential next day. Mm. It was like you you've seen some heavy stuff, like haunt was a great horror movie you know freaks was just incredibly fantastic now just close your mind and look at some muzzles that's what they're called right
0: yeah something like that nailed Um... it Thinking about the scheduling as well, it's like this was the polar opposite of what happened the night before. Yeah, where we watched a two hour long movie that is a child friendly kind of slow burn, um, you know, the starts at half eleven because of all the problems. And then, yeah, this is exactly what Fright Fest is. If you're going to stick around for the late one, which most people who are there for the full five days are absolutely not. And that that makes perfect sense. Um but if you are like crazy like us, cause there wasn't that many people in there. Um, this is exactly what you need. A lean runtime, yeah, yeah. just wacky silliness. You can drift in and out. No, there's no reason for plot. Let's forget about that. There's no there's yeah. script. Who needs one? Um, let's just shoot some shit and then we'll try and edit it together. And for the most part, it worked. Um, other parts, it um, but yeah, it was crazy. I think to try and talk about it slightly critically, which I know this movie doesn't really deserve. Um, but actually, to, to what would have really elevated it was the action because it starts off so strong and it has mm. a really awesome opening action sequence. Yeah, it has like a crazy
1: jetpack jetpack scene, doesn't it? Just all of this. this, this, all this you know, it, think when kind of all these big crazy explosions were happening in like one of these ABCs of Death segments, it was kind of mm. like that where you're like, "How did they do this?" Would they had obviously no budget? And yeah, like, it looks surprisingly good.
0: It, and it, shit at the time. same time. Well, yeah. yeah, it was just I. I really enjoyed it, and I was like, "Oh, okay. If yeah. we get like, if we get like, quiet scene, one of these scenes back to back for the rest of the movie. This is yeah, be this awesome. is gonna be great. Um, yeah. Sadly, it wasn't that. I think that it then focuses way more on the comedy. It focuses way more on just the characters interacting in funny ways. And so the setup that we've told you about with all the pig stuff, that was where like 99% of the comedy comes from. There's a bunch of like funny sex scenes that are every two minutes. Um, So it's very more based upon that. And then kind of like towards the end, you get maybe one or two more decent action sequences, which again, I thought were really good. And so it was a shame because I think I could have actually got to a point where I would have maybe recommended this movie for a certain type of film goer had there been more of those action sequences, but ultimately it's, it's just happy being way more of a comedy and that's fine. Like it is what it was. And I, and like I said, I actually enjoyed this movie quite a bit, even though I don't think it's good. Um, but it could have been something good. Had there been a bit more to it? Um, maybe, yeah.
1: maybe it would have taken a bit. It would have taken a bit, but
0: cause we've, we, we've seen some stuff like this where it's trying to be this zany city style. And I feel like this is one of the closest ones we've seen. Um, mm.
1: That kind oh, of yeah, really, you're right you're right they
0: really nailed that like something like ball was kind of like similar but it was like it had some good action in it last year um but it got way too long to get going and did actually try and have like a story and stuff and this movie doesn't make that mistake you know it's yeah just like, kind of like, like here's we, just a bunch of dumb
1: shit um like you said with this one it, it start the opening scene is just straight into an action scene it doesn't be like here's the family arriving at the small town america and it's gonna kick off in 20 minutes it's like mate this is midnight at Fright Fest. I can't wait 20 minutes for some action to happen. You just got to mm. give it to me now. And this movie definitely did that. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of, um, you know, it, it, it definitely had some good gore in it and kind of, it just went way too zany though, didn't it, for me? like, yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I, I can't recommend this to anyone <laughs> unless you are extremely drunk and want to just put something on that will, will switch your mind off there why not put on terminator 2
0: <laughs> yes <clears throat> great recommendation <laughs> your recommendation is watch terminator 2 correct congratulations <sighs> I, um... I was
1: always going to do it at some point
0: listen i i like this movie um it's not a great movie but you could do a hell of a lot worse and i think that if you especially if you look at the type Don't of recommend movies, this movie <laughs> i'm not recommending it but i think the, the context is important we've seen so much boring shit this year and yeah. i would infinitely recommend this over some of the boring stuff we've watched. like this <laughs> movie is not dull. <laughs> just compared to some stuff like it's not anything special but it's fun like i've seen worse stuff that tries to do this you know like especially everything post grindhouse and post machete um, um, we've seen a lot of stuff that's kind of trying to evoke that similar vibe. And I haven't really seen anything come as close to this. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it gets the silliness and the comedy. It's a shame that they go too much into that. And especially the last yeah. act, they end up reusing the same jokes constantly. This to the is, point this where is... I was like, there are some jokes that's, that early on landed mm-hmm. for me. And then it's like, Oh, here's this silly character again, doing the same funny bit again. I was like, mm-hmm. okay,
1: this is a step below machete like a watchable step below Machete. So kind of, I think that's because for people that are like listening to this, that are struggling to gauge what the hell this is. I think, you know, if you've seen Machete and you know what that's all about, you know, this is trying to go for those things and not just because Danny Trejo's in it, um, very Mm. briefly. Um, but you know, it it really is that. And I think that's probably why they wanted him on all the promotional stuff to get that audience, because I think the audience that likes Machete will eat this up. They, you know, they, They're not going to like it more than Machete, but but this it's that type of movie. It's just a a, a decent step below that, and that movie is a step below kind of a lot of things that you want to be watching because it is just mad.
0: I I love Machete, and yeah, this isn't anywhere near that. But it's cool that like we've seen something that at least evokes that. Um, Mm -hmm. but this is like way more comedy because yeah, they just don't have the budget. Yeah, true, true.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, it was an interesting one. It was a it was a very much a fun way to end the day after six movies mm. um it was an interesting day it was a, Would a you lot have of recommended great movies
1: this above sadistic intentions then
0: yeah i, I mean yeah. i enjoyed it more um for sure in in terms of my personal ranking i definitely enjoyed it more um yeah. and it was just a case of it got me at the right time you know sadistic intentions yeah. felt long it, it was after a, a long movie that i didn't enjoy um whereas this yeah it just ticked the boxes for me i think critically nice. if we were doing a week to week it might be a different conversation but yeah
1: it's a fun time. We're, we're, you know, we're playing hard and fast with the rules right now.
0: Exactly. Fright First is, is different. <laughs> These aren't your, your, your perfect in-depth interviews, which is what, of course, you, you listen to the show for. Um, but uh, yeah, that was our discussion of Bullets of Justice. We will take a short break and we will be right back. And so, yeah, back to for our final movie of the year mm. for Fright Fest. Um, See, so, yeah, as we discussed kind of in the rest of this episode, finishing off Friday, uh, unfortunately having to leave on the Saturday, but we did have a uh, fine time to squeeze in one more movie.
1: We'll always uh, find time for a movie.
0: Yes, definitely. So, yeah, the, the we last to get one. to those
1: double figures.
0: Yeah. And we like we've upped it every year now. Um, oh, first shit. Fright Fest, one film. Second Fright Fest, three. Last year, nine. This year, ten. Um, what's next year gonna be probably (laughs) about six (laughs) (laughs) maybe even zero um but uh yeah so going into this one um this was another world premiere so there isn't gonna be much uh information out there about this one Mm. um and it's a serial killer's guide to life um this was one poster
1: guys go look at the poster
0: yeah cool poster cool title cool premise that was enough our ticket was bought there and then um yeah so yeah world premiere on the saturday uh 81 minutes long this one um mm-hmm. a uk production which how many of those have we had if any
1: not many i think this might be the only one
0: yeah like there was yeah i mean this is definitely the most british feeling of the movie yeah there ever. was there was the yeah.
1: irish obviously uh Come to right. daddy was, was was a quarter irish
0: yeah i was gonna say that one definitely felt like it had a very english sense of humor um much yeah. like this movie yeah. um but uh, yeah, directed by Staten uh, Cousins Row, um, who I think is a first time feature director, because um, this is part of the kind of first blood strand on Fright Fest where they yeah. have like four movies. back Oh, yeah, they did
1: talk about that, That obviously that's what this is about. So, yeah, it definitely is his first feature.
0: Um, and yeah, this was a, a nice one where we had a, a sort of in- extended intro and Q&A with the director and most of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, not the star of the movie, because she had just given birth earlier that day. Um, yeah. And it is a, a husband and wife duo who sort of owned the production company for this movie. So the the the, the director was there. And then uh, is it Poppy Roe? Yeah, it's uh, wife the, Poppy. Yeah, one of the leads in the movie um, had just been given just been given birth. So he would kind of rushed from the birth of his first child to see the world premiere of his movie. And it was written all over his face that it was yeah. slightly overwhelming, but he looked like he he's having the it, best day it, of his life. It was
1: worth it's worth mentioning that like in that definitely added to my Fright Fest experience. Like it felt like yeah. a lovely end to Fright Fest because honestly, that it was that, you know, it was the, his just greatest day of his life. And we got mm. to see a glimpse of that, which was incredible. You know, mm. he he's literally doing the world premiere of his first movie starring his wife. And his wife has just given birth to his baby. Like, yeah, he was on cloud nine and it was incredible to see. And like, o- honestly, I don't think he would have interviewed the way he had if he hadn't have gone through all that. Like he was just buzzing so much and giving such good answers and was just just, you know, it, he was either going to be there unconscious or he was going to be <laughs> buzzing on cloud nine. And when we got cloud nine, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, this was definitely the biggest outpouring of kind of love and appreciation to the crowd. Like, the amount mm-hmm. of times he just kept saying, like, thank you so much for turning up today. You know, there's a lot yeah. of different options at Fright Fest. Mm-hmm. And to pick a first-time director and this random movie, like, you don't have to come. But mm-hmm. it was awesome that it was a pretty much filled-out um, place. This was the Prince Charles mm-hmm. again, the, the kind of bigger screen downstairs. Yeah. And there was it was pretty much packed. Um, so, uh, yeah, do you want to give us a synopsis of this one?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we kind of... Um start the movie we get introduced to lou and um lou is kind of um a 30 something lives at home with her mom a single woman that's kind of struggling to find her way in life and has become like a self-help addict Mm. um and kind of the opening scenes of the movie we get some great kind of um uh vignettes of this self-help guru um that's kind of just doing this self-help video that's hilarious (laughs) you know this movie is um i guess you know it's a it's a dark comedy um you know and um it is proper funny self help videos, you know, that just playing on the tropes of self help. Um, he's like, "What was it?" He says, "Like, be like me." Well, you can't be me because there's only one me, but be like me, or yeah, something like that, wasn't it? it was yeah, just, it's that it exact good.
0: type of just self fulfillment yeah. bullshit where you're saying words that don't really mean anything. Yeah, and then
1: you contradict yourself instantly after because you're <laughs> trying to sell more videos. Like, it's so fantastic, and um yeah, yeah obviously, Lou is getting fully brought into this world and at one of these kind of um, lectures, um, she meets Val um, played by Poppy Rowe. um, And uh, Val introduces herself as kind of a life coach slash mentor for people, basically saying that she wants to become the world's biggest help, self-help guru or something along those lines. Um, But she basically offers to take Val, I'm sorry, take Lou with her um, and be, be, her, um, be her mentor and mm. um, take her on a road trip kind of to all different alternative therapies and kind of hopefully help Val, um, help Lou find herself and Val will hopefully kind of elevate herself as this kind of, um, you know, self-help guru. Um, however, all is not what it seems with Val. Mm. Um, and very early on, we get some great kind of just, it's, comedy but also showing us that, that, that all is not right where Val is clearly um a bit deranged and uh fucking people up any chance she gets (laughs) yes (laughs) i mean the film is called a serial killer's guide to life like she Mm -hmm. she is a serial killer
0: yeah
1: um and basically lou unbeknownst to her goes on a road trip with val and um all hell breaks loose really in very comedic fashion um Mm. and satisfying comedic fashion i would say yeah um yeah yeah
0: uh this this movie was just a joy from start to finish um it it (laughs) is a lean 80 minutes and i think that this is one of the ones that again just nailed the runtime
1: where any um, longer and it would have started to drag
0: yeah and it's it's intro is it doesn't immediately get to the meat of the story in terms of these two characters on the road trip but the the, the intro the intro is great and all of those early interactions with um sorry what's the character who's not val what's the other one called Lou. Uh, Lou um her interactions with her mom are really great mm-hmm. and they do spend enough time showing you who she is as a character to then it then makes it more worthwhile yeah. when she's going on this adventure with Val isn't just you're not just thrown in the deep end with these two characters immediately you um,
1: you realize what sort of mess Lou is in and that makes so much sense for her character and why she blindly follows Val if you yeah. had just followed Val 5 minutes in you'd have said hang on a second she this, this you know, Lou should really figure some stuff out here, but she is so naive and so just a child still, really, mentally. Um and so it it does a really good job of setting that up. Um yeah, the, yeah, the, the opening why a scenes like that would
0: attach themselves to someone yeah, like that.
1: Or. The opening scenes with her and her mum are hilarious. The scene in particular when she says she's gonna she's thinking about going away, It's it mm. was so funny. <laughs> um And like it does nail the comedy. Um, And this movie, it nails the comedy more than horror. Um, It's an extremely low budget movie. So the horror, a lot of it happens off screen, Um, which normally irks me. And I definitely would have liked to have seen it, but it makes sense what this movie is going for. Um, I think it does broaden its horizons with a with a viewing audience as well. Um, and so I, I can see why they made that choice, but I do wish that kind of we actually got to see Val go for it a bit more.
0: Mm it's interesting because the the first third of the movie it makes perfect sense because mm-hmm. we are getting introduced to yeah we're, to Val. Sure we're showing uh, we're getting to see her as an actual killer um but it's all going on in the background and when it's very un uh lou is very unaware of that and so we're yeah. kind of like we're in a we're in a middle spot as the audience where we're not we we know more than lou but we're not seeing everything that val's doing and so i really liked that that it was just all this stuff where it's like wait did she just did she just go into that petrol station and then she's leaving with like a bloody mark on her face um and you know there's like and there's like a, a horn going off and she clearly didn't pay for the for the petrol stuff little yeah. things like that to then obviously it gets more overt with like hiding a body in the boot of the car and stuff like that um so all of those deaths like being off screen make, oh, perfect, make sense.
1: perfect sense yeah. um
0: it's just a shame that yeah like without going into spoilers but there is more deaths later on in the movie um and it's way more involved in terms of what it shows it's just a shame that it doesn't actually look that good um mm. it's very limited in what they can show. Um, and I think that is what that is the only element I think this movie is missing. So I think this shows you how much. And, yeah, yeah I, I really like this movie. Really well written, amazing characters and acting. Um, and absolutely hilarious. I think definitely the funniest movie we saw over the course yeah. of the weekend. Um, just that that it felt so British, and that was what I loved about it. I was,
1: so was going to say, like we've talked a lot on this show about the feeling authentically British. And this movie just does that from the offset. Um, you know, Val is working not Val, Lou is working in one of these little kind of like uh ice cream huts, kinda just and everything about it and <clears throat> she lives like on the coast and just seeing mm. that like British coastline and everything, it just it, it just looked cold <laughs> and like British. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, I I really loved the scene, the you know the, the the whole scenery of this movie, the whole locations. Um, everywhere they went just felt really, it just felt like a true British horror movie, which, you know, is is nice for us to see for the show as well because we don't get to see many of them
0: yeah definitely when they get onto the road trip aspect of it i loved all that how it very Ooh. much felt like going down these windy country roads that you're only get in the uk and going to these weird little retreats where for some unknown reason that's like their full-time job and they may only see you know a, a dozen people a year and it's like you always want to think to yourself like, how do these people make a living um yeah and it's some of these weird little things like the first interaction you, you discussed it at the start where it's them going through all these different types <clears throat> of self-help and so that yeah. was something that i wasn't expecting going in it was no a pleasant- surprise um because it's such a great turn of pace throughout the movie that you never just get stuck in like right we're just parodying this one thing we're just going to keep satirizing that until you're mm-hmm. sick of it they keep moving on they keep moving on and so the first one is this kind of like nature resort where it's all yeah, about sure. being out in the open reconnecting with the earth um and it resort i won't say too much about it but it results in a really great like tea tree hugging scene um oh, which was just really funny
1: hilarious. like it was
0: so awesome
1: each one of these self-help places they really go into the therapy and it's such a funny take on kind of what and and the thing is as well which i thought was good is the you know the director starting at the end of it basically said like he's not um making a joke of self-help and therapy mm. he's making a joke of the people that are doing it to make a profit because yeah. it is a really difficult world if it's something that you want to explore and feel like you need to explore to to try to get rid of the crooks and the people that are just trying to sell you a book or make a profit to the people that are genuinely wanting to help people. And he mm. was saying that, you know, he is laughing and making a joke of these people that aren't genuine and kind of. Each character in this movie that is one of these therapists, they have their own personal motives to get the gain, you know, whether it be financial, um, you know, or I won't go into it because it's spoilers. But, you know, whatever the gain is, um, that's why these people are made fun of, because at the core, they're not these genuine therapists. They aren't nice people.
0: Yeah, for sure, and that is that is social commentary and social messages done absolutely perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um we didn't mention it because we, we don't want to go into spoilers. But Freaks is exactly the same, where they have actual messages um, with real life situations that are going on, and yeah. it's not overtly shoved in your face, and it's not this is our stance on it, and you have to believe that. It's very much just like no, we're just telling our interesting story, and if you pick up on these little loose threads, maybe it'll make you think about the. Yeah, world you'll get more way. from it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's exactly what this movie does, where you really don't have to think about that sort of stuff if you don't want to, um, but. If if it's there i think it's really well done um yeah. but yeah th- this movie for me was fantastic like outside of the limited amount of horror and i think my only trepidation um would be the arrow picked this up which is fantastic um yeah. for such a small british movie that it's great to see that it's going to get you know the full arrow blu-ray release oh, it's, can't wait. it's one of those ones that we don't have to worry about like freaks yeah. it's awesome that we just know that's going to happen at least i feel so good um, so that's awesome. Um, But what I will say is for that audience, and they've definitely picked up comedy stuff, like Mega Time Squad is definitely way more of a comedy. Yeah. Um, But I would say that would be the thing. Of, if you want a really funny British comedy with, you know, like these, obviously it's about serial killer, so it's got horror yeah. elements in it. But it's just that's not the big selling point for this movie for me. It's everything else. It's the amazing cast, a fantastic mm. story, a really fun and satisfying conclusion. Just a great time. I mean, if
1: anyone's seen Sightseers, and if you liked Sightseers, this is a a spiritual successor in many respects. You know, it's the zany, funny British road trip of horror and hilarity. And I bloody loved it.
0: Yeah, I think we've both been craving stuff like this, where maybe Obviously not so much as sort of comedy, that, but yeah, definitely
1: the British craving so much, I and mean, especially that road trip, the British road mm. trip. You know, we've got a lot of these movies. You know, we have seen quite a few British movies, and some have delivered, and some haven't. But I love the road trip aspect. That's why, for me, Sightseers was a movie that I absolutely clung onto, mm. um, and we've spoke about it a lot because I think there's a lot that can be done. You know, we're we're a small country and people don't always think that traveling could be part of an interesting trope. But there's these, you know, uh, it's what American Werewolf did so well, where they're kind Mm. of out in the wilderness and then kind of in the city and everything else. And I just think it can be done when it's done well. It can be super interesting. And this movie does it well.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I really love that it's not it's so unapologetic in that sense because <laughs> I think we see some British movies, especially the ones that are kind of like on Netflix and that, where they're just trying to look like American movies. Yeah. And so like you watch it and you go, okay, and regardless of if the movie's good or bad, you go, Oh, that was that was a British production? Like yeah. it's a kind of a weird one, whereas this is a movie that's like, no, everything about this movie is the British uh, seaside, um, you know, the the kind of stuck in this in the rut of the world and, and Val's character in particular, we've hardly really talked about her um mm. but she's just like such this quirky british zany character that just works so well in this movie
1: yeah she is she is and she is fantastic in this movie poppy did a fantastic job um mm. because uh, she could be a not you know she has to be a likable character and she's such a strong likable character yeah. um it's played perfect
0: oh yeah that that like back and forth between the two of them was just so well done um yeah you know, kind of like the straight person and the more zany person Ooh. like it just it worked so well yeah. like i as far as recommendations go yeah absolutely this, this, this is this is, is one a... that um will get a release you know mm. as far as arrow and stuff so it's not going to be the most hidden movie which is good um and i think that we were really fortunate to see it before anyone else yep. um and it definitely added to that experience i think seeing this with a crowd was fantastic um mm. i think the crowd expression- ate it
1: up I was going to say, as far
0: up. as we're talking about, obviously, the festival experience as well, as far as crowd reactions, this was the best one. In terms of the the level of enjoyment that I felt within the room and the people around me, nothing even came close to this. I movie.
1: think it, it, a couple of things did help with that. Obviously, Statin at the start announcing mm. the birth of his child, everyone was yeah. buzzing. It felt like there was a lot of people that were associated with the film in the crowd, especially yeah. in the area where we were, which was just yeah. great. And just everyone was buzzing. No one left, like, afterwards in our area. Mm. Um, it, it was awesome. And, yeah, this is this is the second Arrow gives you the pre-order details, pre-order this movie.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, that was the last movie to talk about. Wow. Obviously, going into our thoughts now, and, and I guess we should uh, also talk about our favourite movies. But, yeah, before mm-hmm. we get to that, what, what are your overall thoughts, I guess, on the movies and, and the festival as a as a overall experience this year
1: yeah it's a difficult one because i thought beforehand that the the lineup didn't seem as strong but yeah. having now seen the movies and coming out of it there was there was you know uh, three or four movies that i thought were stellar and in my in my thought process towards year end there were a few movies that i liked quite a bit and there was only one that really did not hit the mark with me so that it's a pretty mm. strong you know out of 10 that is pretty impressive So it was a strong year in terms of the movies. In terms of the overall experience, this was the 20th year, and I really thought they were going to go big on the production style of it and Mm. just kind of, you know, really show the fact that it's special that they really got to 20 years. And I did not get that vibe. Um, It it
0: felt smaller than last year.
1: It felt flatter than last year in terms of the outside of the movie stuff. Obviously, the Argento. Sign in was massive, but it was during when we watched two films. Mm. It was not something you need, you need something that's just there for the whole festival. So when you duck into it, you get to experience it. And I I don't necessarily know what that could be, but I feel like you know, you've had 20 attempts, you you know, and and it's a case of you know, really selling that to me that this is the 20th year and this is special. Um, because yeah, it did feel at times more low key than, than last year. Yeah. Um, in particular the first night, the opening night, because, because of the fact that two of the movies were coming out the next day in the UK and had been out in the States for a long while, it felt quiet, significantly quieter than it has been on previous nights. Um, even with the press and everything, just yeah. no one really seemed that buzzed for it. And I was like, hang on, this is the opening night of the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still had one hell of a time. You know, it was still, you know, just watching 10 of these crazy movies in these beautiful screens and having these beautiful experiences, seeing so many of the directors. I think maybe maybe we got more of that this year. Yeah. Um, and, and that side of things. And that was really good because all but one screening we had a really decent kind of dive after the movie which was cool mm.
0: yeah i think for me in, t- in terms of the uh, the movies it was interesting because this was the first year that we went just because we, we were loved worried fright. Mm. Um, and we'd been in the previous years because of movies we wanted to see whereas this was a case of well we know like fright fest and we know that it gives us other stuff like we didn't go to watch you know life changer but we loved it and so this wasn't a year where it was like yep there's a rob zombie movie yep there's a chucky movie it was just a case of oh, okay let's just gauge it and um there there was uh we weren't sure what we were going to do initially because this was definitely the year where i mean there's so much stuff that i'm really interested in that we unfortunately couldn't yeah. see yeah, um, just because of the days like just the monday in particular and it's a shame because by far the biggest event of this year's fright fest is rabid yeah. um in terms of you know the sisters were there the entire time which is crazy <laughs> um and that was the only thing that made this festival feel big this year to me was yeah, that world yeah. premiere of rabid um and so i agree with you that it's almost like even though this was the 20th year of fright fest it shows you that that doesn't necessarily draw as many eyeballs as if you just have one big movie I think if rabbit had been opening
1: on a Thursday it mm. would have felt like a much bigger deal oh people would yeah would have gone mad um, um
0: so that aspect of it is is one thing um yeah in terms of the actual movies we saw yeah like I, I really enjoyed a vast majority of them so that yeah. was interesting and there's still so many that I really want to see looking at Twitter seeing the reactions and that's oh, always a fun thing to see once the festival is finished kind of what are people's top fives their top lists wh- who mm. have seen a lot of movies and I think that's a really easy way of of realizing the wheat from the chaff because when the movies first get shown i feel like you only see the positivity online yeah definitely um and once the festival finishes then you're like okay like (coughs) bliss is on loads of people's lists um Mm -hmm. enough to where i'm like okay i need to see that movie now yeah um Mm -hmm. and there's a few others like that as well um
1: yeah it was one cut of the dead last year you know It, it was a standout and we knew we had to seek this out, and like it's 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 not to that scale, but it's getting that way for Bliss, you know, and a few others like that. Um, mm. I've got quite a few that I definitely want to see, and like I'm going to do my best to try and get them in before year in somehow.
0: Yeah, if, if they're available, who knows? Mm. But the fun thing is, like, what we've done this year is like that'll they'll be cropping up in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, true. You know, like true. Uh, Arrow have picked up a lot of these. Uh, Daniel isn't real is another one that mm. was on the main screen that got good buzz, and Arrow have picked up, um, as well as that Russian movie that we talked about a few weeks ago on the news. Um, so it seems like Arrow way more this year than the last few years have picked yeah. up a lot of new movies. Um, yeah, which is cool. It's just a case of when are they actually going to come out? Because they had their hands full with their old releases as well. Yeah, um, Mega Time yeah, Squad yeah.
1: hasn't been out long
0: no um but yeah the overall festival experience it was decent it definitely felt for some unknown reason like a step down from last mm-hmm. year um small things like there was almost no giveaways or anything um in terms of the screenings and just walking around general fright fest i feel mm-hmm. like it felt like a way more generous experience last year to just the regular movie goer yeah. um so that's one thing um i think that the the screen that we go in as well we've talked about a lot yeah. where you have the yeah. main imax screen um and then this little smaller screen i i just don't like that screen i I think it sucks i think that if it was a screen that we had to see our movies every single week for the podcast we would go to a different cinema um i i think that it's not a nice pretty screen i don't like the layout and i think that having a wide door right next to the screen like two feet away from it um which has constantly people going in and out is just so distracting whereas especially
1: at a festival people tend to come in and out more often
0: yeah, like the people are coming in an hour into the movie with their bags and coat on with a lit up phone to then yeah. sit down. Like, it's fair enough if you're going to quickly get a drink or quickly go to the toilet. That's one thing. Well,
1: um, the filmmakers are coming in towards the end. The last yeah. five minutes they pile in ready for their Q&A and it's so distracting. And that's the last five minutes of the movie. So it's yeah. And it really one of the movies feel. we saw, they
0: opened the door and they had it ajar for the last five minutes because yeah. someone had their head around waiting for the movie to end. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it really does feel like the screen we go to for the day passes is a a, a second class experience in comparison Uh to the festival pass. It really does feel like the, the organizers are solely worrying about their festival pass holders and then the 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 day passes is almost like just the demand for it and it's a secondary throwaway kind of thought process yeah it's like how do um, you get people in
0: on the day sort of thing
1: yeah but they never really know, think
0: about it as people that are really big fright festers that are planning no nice because advanced, even you know? even
1: sometimes i feel sometimes a little bit disrespected with the interviews and stuff they're almost yeah. like oh we're not going to ask that question for this audience and i'm yeah. like well I mean, i got a podcast, man. Like, I feel like I'm pretty, you know, in the world. Um, And, yeah, I I do feel second class being in those screens. And I realised that, obviously, the Festival Pass is the premium package. Um, But we still spent a lot of money, and I felt like it was not in comparison, my, you know... Uh, it was almost worthwhile buying a festival pass and just not being there for the whole time just to have that extra vip experience and it's something which seems like a lot of
0: people have done as well
1: (laughs) yeah and i think they've learned
0: this we've learned this now i think a lot of people probably learned this a few years ago (laughs) yeah
1: you know where if you go in if you're going to go three days you should just get the festival pass yeah because we're kind of averaging two right now it is you know it gets a little bit pricey but um Mm. You know, it is a, it's an interesting one. I mean, do you want to go into our top? Are we going to go like top three?
0: Yeah, go for it. I mean, what is a difficult one her. to say, obviously, and um, this is not binding like our top ten official no. list. Um, no. But yeah, kind of, what are your thoughts really? Because it doesn't it doesn't have to be what you think were the best films or anything like mm. that. Just like what were your three favourites that you saw at the festival?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have I have a clear two favourites. Um, so a little bit backwards, I might start from number one. <laughs> Go for um, it. Yeah, my, my my favorite movie was was Freaks. Um, it I wouldn't have believed that going in. I um, mean, even though it had a lot of hype from Glasgow Fright Fest, but it was the emotion that that movie made me feel. Like I say, it made me feel something as a parent that I've not felt watching a horror movie, um, and it was special. Um, so Freaks was my favorite. Um, Horn was my second favorite Uh, that is just a perfect well-made horror movie you know there's not a lot of criticism that can be had for it it just does exactly what I want a horror movie to do what I want a slasher movie to do and Mm. and I love a slasher movie so it was a great one of that it's very close between those two which one was my favorite Um, and the third one's tough Um, I think in the end I give the nod to serial killer's guide to life um mm. the britishness of it and the just the laughs and kind of the those three as a triple pack i would love to just watch again right now yeah um so yeah just missing out on my top three would be come to daddy mm. um that would be a very close fourth for me
0: yeah i mean mine's gonna be boring as hell now because it's pretty much the same um (laughs) freaks is easily the number one movie uh absolutely loved it cannot wait to watch it again for sure and it's already kind of one of those ones i'm like okay now I know it's easily my favourite at this festival it's going to be a really interesting conversation comparing it it to everything else that we've seen in 2019, Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that'll be fun in a few months, Um, definitely Haunt number 2, it was uh, one that we would have hopefully seen anyway but we wouldn't have actually, we still don't know if we would have ever got to see it in a UK cinema Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm so thankful that we got to see it at Fright Fest because yeah it just blows my mind that these two guys that are kind of like in my opinion two of the kind of fastest rising stars in the horror genre have got this movie that they've directed and is fantastic fantastic and it seems like no one's talking about it um so I that know. just wasn't, like both those two just firm recommendations see them as soon as you can mm-hmm. um and then i'm with you like the the three and four are definitely the two same movies um i'll go for come for daddy uh not just to be different but also i think that the horror aspect of it is what really elevated it for me um I think overall, I probably like Serial Killers a bit more. Um, definitely the more sort of witty characters and Britishness of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when *When Come to Daddy got going, it it really, especially in the context of all 10 movies now, it provided something that no other movie did.
1: It was also um, a great opening movie
0: yeah that that as well um but the the violence aspect it just it it went deeper and more gritty and painful looking than i think anything else did this year yeah we saw good violence we saw wacky violence um we saw a lot of you know like the cgi violence and other stuff and then just really i mean haunt is up there for violence as well for sure um but i think something about come to Daddy it felt like this Mm. gritty indie visceralness that just felt like disgusting to look on the screen and i think that was something that was maybe lacking from a lot of the more produced shinier movies that we saw yeah. this year it um, definitely
1: had probably the most brutal death painful and brutal death in a, in all of the fright fest
0: yeah for sure um so yeah i'd go for that as my number three but i definitely think that there's a clear four <laughs> movies that we would like strongly yeah. recommend for people yeah um,
1: they're, they're the no-brainers they're the four no-brainer recommendations definitely
0: yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's it for this year. It seems like only yesterday that we what were What a journey.
1: What a journey, um, man but yeah this so hopefully back, you guys the puppet master movies for
0: me <laughs> for you <laughs> that's how you can enjoy your week off um <laughs> so yeah three parts obviously covering 10 movies this was a lot of content um hopefully you guys enjoyed it if you did share it around tell your friends of anyone uh, like-minded horror fans um and hopefully at some point you'll get to see these movies that we are recommending um and yeah we're probably going to have a week off now obviously these things may change because they always do within the horror community mm-hmm. um if something randomly pops up on demand that we want to see. Um, um, but we're probably gonna be talking about a little <sighs> movie called It Chapter Two on the next it episode. It never
1: stops, man. The good times just keep rolling.
0: What what are you, on a scale of one to ten, how hyped are you right now for It Chapter Two?
1: Like a nine point eight.
0: Oof Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That is that is off the charts. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean um, it's 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 firmly on the charts, but it's high.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say an eight, but I'm going to watch it uh, before we do yeah. have the pleasure of seeing the new movie. So I feel like I can easily push that up to a nine, nine, five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, cannot, cannot wait.
1: I just, I, I just, I, I can't, man. I need to see it. Like, I just, yeah. I can't hear someone talk about it anymore. Like, I need to have my opinion of it at this point.
0: Yeah, it's almost getting to that point. Like the the first movie was the worst I've ever felt for this show, right? It felt yeah. like, even though we didn't get it late or anything, but I was so annoyed just seeing everyone it felt like had watched it before us. And I was yeah. like, oh, I just want to see this movie. And the fact that it was still really good after all that, because it almost had everything against it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cannot wait. Just like the, the rest of 2019, man, there are some movies, and we will be talking about them because we cannot wait. Um, oh, yes. But yeah, that was our Fright Fest 2019 coverage. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon.
1: See you later, everyone. die soon end up anyway. Shut up, I can't. Mainly because I never could. How could I start now? Honey, I'm down. Now that I need ya. Look at me now.